Let my prayer be set forth in thy sight as the incense, and the lifting up my hands be an evening sacrifice. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us, but thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent. According to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people, pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 84 and 85, beginning on page 445. Oh, how amiable are thy dwellings, thou Lord of hosts! My soul hath a desire and longing to enter into the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh rejoice in the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found her in house, and the swallow a nest where she may lay her young. Even thy altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will always pray, always praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are thy ways. Who's going through a veil of misery, use it for a well, and the pools are filled with water. They will go from strength to strength, and unto the God of gods appeareth every one of them in Sion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Hearken, O God of Jacob. Behold, O God, our defender, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For one day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of ungodliness. For the Lord God is a light and defense. The Lord will give grace and worship, and no good thing shall he withhold from them that live a, good, a godly life. O Lord God of hosts, blessed is the man that putteth his trust in thee. Lord, thou art become gracious unto thy land. Thou hast turned away the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the offense of thy people, and covered all their sins. 
Thou hast taken away all thy displeasure, and turned thyself away with wrathful indignation. Turn us then, O God our Savior, and let thine anger cease from us. Wilt thou be displeased at us forever, and wilt thou stretch out thy wrath from one generation to another? Wilt thou not turn again and quicken us, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hearken what the Lord God will say, for he shall speak peace unto his people and to his saints, that they turn not again unto foolishness. For his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in your land. Mercy and truth are met together, righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall flourish out of the earth, and righteousness hath looked down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall show loving kindness, and our land shall give her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall direct his goings in the way. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of the book of Nehemiah. And there was a great outcry of the people and their wives against their Jewish brethren. For there were those who said, We are sons and our daughters are many. Therefore, let us get grain that we may eat and live. There were also some who said, We have mortgaged our lands and vineyards and houses that we might buy grain because of the famine. There were also those who said, We have borrowed money for the king's tax on our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children. And indeed, we are forcing our sons and our daughters to be slaves. And some of our daughters have been brought into slavery. It is not in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. And I became very angry when I heard their outcry in these words. After serious thought, I rebuked the nobles and rulers and said to them, each of you is exacting usury from his brother. So I called a great assembly against them. And I said to them, according to our ability, we have redeemed our Jewish brethren who were sold to the nations. Now indeed, will you even sell your brethren or should they be sold to us? Then they were silenced and found nothing to say. Then I said, what you are doing is not good. Should you not walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the nations, our enemies? I also, with my brethren and my servants, am lending them money and grain. Please, let us stop this usury. Restore now to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive groves, and their houses, also a hundredth of the money and the grain, the new wine and the oil that you have charged them. So they said, we will restore it and will require nothing from them. We will do as you say. Then I called the priests and required an oath from them that they would do according to this promise. Then I shook out the fold of my garment and said, So may God shake out each man from his house and from his property who does not perform this promise. Even thus may he be shaken out and emptied. And all the assembly said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Then the people did according to this promise. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He has shown strength with his arm. 
He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. He remembering his mercy a hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 44th verse of the 13th chapter of the book of Acts. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy, and contradicting and blaspheming, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold, and said, It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now, when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region, but the Jews stirred up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city, raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from the region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. And the, disciple, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Now it happened in Iconium that they went together to the synagogue of the Jews, and so spoke that a great multitude, both of the Jews and of the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region. And they were preaching the gospel there. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now let thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. <clears throat> the Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. 
and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness and make thy chosen people joyful o lord save thy people and bless thine inheritance give peace in our time o lord for it is thou lord only that makest us dwell in safety o god may clean our hearts within us and take not thy holy spirit from us o lord we beseech thee mercifully to hear us and grant that we to whom thou hast given a hearty desire to pray may by the mighty aid be defended and comforted all dangers and adversities through jesus christ our lord amen o eternal god through whose mighty power our fathers won their liberties of old grant we beseech thee that we and all the people of this land may have grace to maintain these liberties in righteousness and peace through jesus christ our lord amen o god from whom all holy desires all good counsels and all just works do proceed give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments and also that by thee we being defended from the fear of our enemies may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of jesus christ our savior amen lighten our darkness we beseech thee o lord and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night the love of thy only son our savior jesus christ amen good evening everyone just some quick thoughts about tonight's lessons we begin with Nehemiah, and this is an interesting passage in that it seems to be confirming a, a theory that the economic situation in, in Jerusalem had become tenuous, and many commenters believe that it's through the building of the temple. You know, we read in our previous chapter about how all the people of the city were tasked to you know construct the walls <clears throat> and this seemed to put pressure on things where they were busy building these walls and could not tend to their crops and and tend to their businesses and as a result <clears throat> they became economically distressed as such that they were actually being brought to the point of being sold into slavery. They had to sell their lands and then eventually themselves into slavery. And they're being taken advantage of by their own people at this point. <clears throat> and so Nehemiah comes out against this. He, he talks about how bad it is. And I think it's instructive for us as to how he does this, is that he leads by example. He starts to give his own money and starts to help buy people out of slavery and this leading by example sort of shames the city so they, they stop these practices and start to live righteously and that's always an important lesson for us to remember is to you know when we call out injustices and things like this it's people know that these things are wrong and it's important for them to see it's always the easy way. And if they can see it shown being done the right way, as Nehemiah does, it has much more power. Power, You know, people are often, we are often controlled by our fears. And so, you know, being afraid of, you know, where your next meal comes leads people to start to hoard money and to do these type of things and if we can show that by being generous that 
those worries can be alleviated and can be dealt with. We don't ever eliminate these things, but we can deal with them by trusting in God and always relying on him. This leading by example and living out the truth that we proclaim to other people is important. And, you know, it's interesting because as we sit here, it's the 4th of July, and it's always a, for me, a fraught time, especially as an Anglican. You know, our first bishop in America, Samuel Seabury, was a staunch loyalist. He opposed the revolution and even wrote letters or, you know, these these diatribes back and forth, him versus Alexander Hamilton at, at some points. And, you know, and he was not always a perfect Christian. He, it seems apparent that he actually owned slaves. And, you know, so he was not a perfect man. And so this is always an interesting time for us as Anglicans because we were, at the time of the revolution, the established church. We were the Church of England. And, you know, most of the Anglicans oppose the revolution. There's some research saying that in like New York and New Jersey, that upwards of 90% of the clergy were loyalists. And, but there was more on the Patriot side in the South. And this sort of had something to do with, they, they speculate that in the North, that the clergies and the congregations were receiving money from the Church of England. And in the South, it was the congregations that paid for everything. And so this made it much more likely that because they had economic interests in maintaining their ties to England, that they were much more likely to be loyalist. And so we see this, this, the effect of being connected with the things of this world, the, the economic interest taking over our spiritual lives. And so we see this played out, I think, in our New Testament lesson, where we see this opposition by the Jewish leaderships in these cities. We see them being threatened by this new message, the gospel of Jesus. And we see them joining with the Gentile, Gentile powers. It was not the, the average person in the street who was opposing the message, the word of God. They were embracing it, but it was the, the powerful the, the, the powers that be in the synagogues and in the cities and in the temples that oppose the message. And we see God's purposes being played out and using this for the good of, of Christianity here in that it allows the message to spread. Where there is opposition, you don't fight the opposition, you accept it. You preach to who you can preach to, and then you move on, and then you convert more and more people. And the same thing happened in America post-revolution. You know, the Episcopal Church almost died out at this time, but Christianity did not die out. 
And as a result, we see God's plan play out so that in the end, we are here today worshiping because of all those events that happened. Our church, our particular brand of Christianity, Anglicanism, the way we experience it, would not be possible without all these things. All these things come together. Most of us are not, we're not born Episcopalians or Anglicans. Most of us came through it through other other denominations and other expressions of the faith. And so it's always God's plan to bring people to the fullness of Christ in its false or, or a mistake for us to try to guide that. It's to live in his love and to reach other people in the way that we can reach them. So just some thoughts about today's lessons. We'll continue with the intercession on the bottom of page 90, and we'll take a moment to call to mind our own prayers and intentions. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. The light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble, and do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, who has given us this good land for our heritage, we humbly beseech thee that we may always provide ourselves a people mindful of thy favor and glad to do thy will. Bless our land with honorable industry, sound learning, and pure manners. Save us from violence, discord, and confusion, from pride and arrogancy, and from every evil way. Defend our liberties and fashion into one united people, the multitudes brought hither out of many kindreds and tongues. And do with the spirit of wisdom those to whom thy, in thy name we entrust the authority of government, that it may be of justice and peace at home, that through obedience to thy law we may show forth thy praise among the nations of the earth. In the time of prosperity, fill our hearts with thankfulness, and in the day of trouble, suffer not our trust in thee to fail. All which we ask through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for joining us tonight. Hope you have a safe fourth. Thank you, Deacon John. Happy, happy Independence Day, everybody. Thank you. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. <laughs>